Hello, and welcome to the Future of Law 6, the sixth in our series of webcasts on the future of law. I'm Josh Becker, CEO of Lex Machina, and we are very fortunate to have two very distinguished guests with us, two of the biggest names in knowledge management in law, Gene O'Grady. Gene is the Senior Director of Research and Knowledge Services at DLA Piper. She's also well known for her very influential blog, Dewey B. Strategic, and also serves on the board of AAAL. Greg Lambert, known to many of you as well, Chief Knowledge Services Officer at Jackson Walker. He is the current president of AAAL and also one of the uh, principal authors of the also influential blog, Three Geeks and a Law Blog. Today we're going to be talking about getting what you want for your legal tech budget, best practices for the budget season. We all know budgets are tight, budget season is a stressful time of the year, and while you need to secure funding for existing products, you're also expected to innovate and keep your firm ahead of the competition from a knowledge management perspective. So we could not have uh, two better guests to talk to us on this topic, and I'd like to ask them to each start off with some thoughts um, for all of us, and then we'll get into um, uh, some Q&A with some questions that I have, and then we will open it up um, to the audience listening uh, here as well. So, um, Jean, perhaps do you want to start us off? Uh, okay, I'd be happy to. Um, I, as many of you know, I, my career goes back way to the, the bad old 80s when li law library budgets were largely print budgets and everything we bought was largely for associates. And over the course of my career, I've seen, seen that change, both the mix of products and the way we budget. And one of the things I, I like to point to is that in 2007 was very much a wake-up call, and I saw a dramatic shift in the way law firms budget for information resources. And one of the positive changes, although almost universally 2007, 2008 were terrible years, it was good for budgeting in the sense that lawyers understood immediately that we had to be very, very careful stewards of the firm's resources. And it, was, it became much easier to engage partners in conversations about were different resources really needed and how could we prioritize and make sure we were making the best use of our assets. Um, the other thing is that, unfortunately, the bad news is that there has been an explosion of very interesting, very innovative new products over uh, the past uh, 10 years, and it doesn't mean that budgets have expanded. Um, one good piece of technology developments that has helped with that is the evolution or the emergence of digital resource trackers, which help us get actual data to have conversations with partners about resources. So the entire environment has changed, I think, very much for the better, but there are still many challenges. Good. Thank you. That was very uh, helpful to start us off. Uh, Greg, with some opening thoughts? Sure. Uh, I'll just tack on to Gene's uh, comments here in that uh, really, especially over the past 10 years, I think that uh, the law librarians and knowledge service uh, folks that are in charge of the budge budgets have uh, adapted to the role of ad advisor and, and, and almost consultant to the firm, uh, an expert on what the firm needs, uh, new products that are coming out, how to uh, move things in and out of the budget, 
and uh, be seen be seen as a resource for the firm or organization that you're working for, and and be very much an expert on new products that are there, and uh, and, and truly evaluating what's important for the uh, firm itself. So uh, that's really all I wanted to tack onto that. Good. Well, certainly that's what we've seen dealing with certainly with with you folks, and and uh, so that's that's interesting to hear. Um, well, so my first question is a broad one, but maybe one to kind of just kick us off a little bit. Um, uh, and you touch on a little bit, but it's gonna you know how do you fight for the budget you want and justify it? Uh, I know that's a broad question, but <laughs> perhaps that can you know kick off some conversation that we have a bunch of follow ups. Gene, do you have any uh, thoughts on that? Well, you know, I think, you know, we don't start budgeting at the, you know, in, at the end of the year when it's time to do the budget. We pretty much anticipate all year long that we're going to need to do a budget, so we look at new products throughout the year. We get feedback from lawyers if lawyers are interested in specific things. But the, often the way we justify new products, one of the key tools, is by the ongoing evaluation of everything we've already purchased. And we use the data, we track the utilization, and we try and on an ongoing basis, even before the, you know, throughout the year, we are trying to identify things that can be dropped so that we can invest in new and more innovative resources. That, you know, that's not always possible, but that is one of the techniques we use to get new things into our budget. Um, you know, another thing would be pointing out to partners that other firms, other peer firms, and lawyers are very sensitive to what are our peer firms doing, to point out that our peer firms are already using this technology and we should really be looking at it very seriously. Yeah, that's that's a good point, Gene. <laughs> um, I, I have a saying that nobody likes to be first in in legal to – uh, try out new products, but no one wants to be third. Everyone wants somebody to, <laughs> to run it first and test it, and then jump in immediately once they realize that that the product works. Um, as far as budgets, one one of the things that that I tend to really stress, especially with the partners, when you're in a partnership like this, is you know it's it's their money, um, and we're there to to help them and advise them on, on how best to spend that money. Um, and in law firms, we don't necessarily lack for resources. We, we tend to have more resources than we actually need. Um, you know, and it's, it's part of uh, being, you know, uh, uh, risk, risk adverse. But uh, what we do lack for is the ability to, to understand what, what product needs to be used at what time. And so as, as products become obsolete, as practices change, um, as new products come in, again, we're, we're there to help advise uh, the, the partnership on what works for, for us. Good. I like that. Not first, not third. So it's, so it's not like Will Ferrell and Talladega Nights, you know, first or last. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it can be, can be in the middle first there. First loser. Uh, but, um, and, and Greg, do you, is your process sort of similar to Gene's in that, you know, is, that there's, are you constantly reviewing, you know, is there a really fixed budget cycle or are you constantly reviewing and, and uh, reviewing existing tech and looking at new tech? Yeah, well, on, on paper, yes, we have a, a fixed cycle. It's a, we, we do a calendar year budget um, and we do have to have a budget and stick to the budget. Um, that being said, though, it's, uh, um, it, 
having come previously from an academic uh, a state institution, um, it was a lot different there where you had a set budget and, and getting things changed was nearly impossible. Um, here it's much more fluid. The the demands both up and down can, can happen uh, throughout the year. Uh, we could get a new practice group in, we could lose a practice group. Um, and so we are constantly evaluating what, what we're spending throughout the year, looking at new products, getting it evaluated, constantly get uh, uh, partners that, that come to us or, or others uh, that say, hey, we absolutely have to have this product. And we do have a flexibility um, if it makes sense and the firm is willing to, to pay the money um, that we can add, add things in during the year. But that's typically not the, the norm, uh, but uh, um, it, it does happen. So if you're locking in for, say, 2018, is that done by November 1st uh, of the previous year or October? Or is there a, sort of a set date generally? Yeah, for us, uh, it's it, we usually try to set everything by mid-October, uh, get everything reviewed uh, through November and then approved early December. Good. Okay. Uh, that's very that's very helpful. Um, and um, and so um, you know, kind of related to that, you know, when you both of you are at large firms, and you know, many times I'm sure there's different offices and maybe different agendas at those offices and 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 how do you think about you know consolidating the needs for your firm you know across um different offices you know i i would say it's gotten easier as as resources have become more digital uh because it used to be very decentralized um and even so we had we had barcoded all our local resources so we could understand the, the utilization and having that data actually helped us really shrink print resources. So now our budget is, by a large margin, digital. And so we can really, we actually do more budgeting by practice group than by, than by locality because, you know, we're such a large firm, we buy firm-wide resources. There are some exceptions where there are certain resources that are only used in Texas or only used in, uh, you know, California. Uh, but, you know, by and large, um, we are purchasing nationally. Uh, the other thing I'm a, I'm a really strong believer in uh, is centralization. I really think when you have too many, it's very hard to control a decentralized budget or decentralized purchasing. And while it's very important to take the local needs into account, at the end of the day, we we really retain control centrally. You know, we have much better control because even if there are local requests, they, everything passes through a standardized process and it still has to meet muster um, and, and be justified by some level of testimonial or, um, you know, by a, a partner who says we still need this print resource or and then or it, it it's also then justified by data. So we, we you know we do make exceptions, but we are largely very much a data driven budget making process. Yeah, I, th I think Gene hit the nail on the head there in that a lot of things now are uh, have gotten away from an office based budgeting um, and is more practice or industry group focused because those tend to be 
you know, a lot of a lot of products now are very specialized. So uh, we we want to make sure that those are going to the right people, and those people can be in multiple offices. Um, and so it's it's important to you know under understand how the firm is set up, how the needs are, and set your your budget and your operation so that it that it fits that need. And then I just want to add one more thing to that, tacking on the budget, the practice group. We work very closely with our practice groups at the end of the year to show them the, the utilization data and the cost per use, the cost per attorney and the cost per use for every resource that's purchased for that practice group. And, you know, we have wonderful relationships with our practice group directors and we collaborate with them because we understand we're all trying to make sure the attorneys have what they need, but it's a very thoughtful, uh, very uh, collaborative process. Yeah, that's interesting. So I'm sure vendors think a lot about this too. So um, in terms of you guys are very data-driven, um, and we talked, we sort of joked about this, using analytics to buy analytics. Um, but how, you know, how do you think about ROI? I mean, is it is it, um, I mean, in some cases it's the amount of use, but are there other factors um, as well? I, 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 think, I think, to tell you the truth, I think level of use is always a key indicator. Because there, there are some rare exceptions where either we can't track the use because of the, it's a digital resource, but it has weird characteristics that can't be picked up normally. And, then we then we know who is the key stakeholder, and we have conversations with that key stakeholder and talk about and we we actually document who that is. So if I get a question about why are we still buying this, I know exactly who uh, has you know I know I can point to the exact lawyer or the exact practice group for everything we buy and explain, and that's very I my my most of my career I did not have that level of of uh, of data or information, and we have just built a very robust tracking system, so we know why we're buying everything. And I think that, in in turn, builds up the the goodwill and the understanding by the financial services people and the accounting department that they know that we know exactly what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Right, having that yeah. trust with with the finance folks as well. Sorry, Greg, you were going to say? Right. Oh, I, I was going to say, uh, I know I know that uh, Gene and a lot of firms use products like OneLog or Research Monitor to, to help track those sorts of uh, usage. Um, we do not, but uh, it's definitely something that we look at all the time. Um, a, lot, a lot of the products that, that we tend to focus on, especially anything that we purchase uh, that's a new purchase, we really put the onus on on the partner that's making the request to bring that product in to give us some solid here here are the victories or here you know here are the wins that we had due to this product um, when it comes time for renewal and uh, it that's you know surprisingly you would think that that you would get more fight uh, a little more pushback on asking for things like that but actually uh, they're they're pretty good at it and and again I point to them I said. You know, at the end of the day, it really doesn't affect my paycheck uh, when you buy this ultra expensive product. It, it's really coming out of your pocket, um, and so that you know, it's really trying trying to put that back on them when you're not using something that really tracks it. 
and especially those products that come in via email and and are rather than say uh, online service where they log in and you can and track it like that. Um, so uh, it, it, it's it's important that everyone have a little skin in the game on this. Yeah, and get those stories. Yeah, that's interesting because I know for for us, right? Sometimes it's it's um, you know speaking around Lex Machina. Sometimes you know we hear, hey, you know I, I might not have won that that piece of business, you know, without Lex Machina, right? So it's kind of how do you how do you you know sort of those stories, right? How do you think about that in the context of of ROI? Um, but we must be doing something right because we're happy to say both of you are customer firms are customers and we've been you know, increasing each year so so uh, happy about that um but it's it's helpful i think for everyone to to understand a little bit more about that and in terms of con- how do you i'm sure you know sometimes when you guys uh, um you know as you're constantly reviewing this new tech as as you discussed you see something you think would be good for the firm but i'm sure you have skeptical partners sometimes how do you convince skeptical partners about the need for new technology well, we we try and get them onto demos and have allow them to you know kick the tires and look under the hood and ask their questions and uh, you know so I, I think that um, understanding who in the, the practice group and it may not be the practice group leader but you know sometimes maybe it's a senior associate in a practice group but you know again I often go to the practice group director and say. I talk, have a conversation or I, I start with them and I say, who do you think, do you see the benefit of this? Who do you think would be the person most interested or the subgroup most interested in this? And, we, you know, we start that way, at, uh, you know, a demo. And uh, usually, you know, well, I wouldn't say usually, often it does turn out that the, 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 there's, we go through the process of having the demo and then we uh, test it, we monitor the testing, we get feedback, we do surveys. So, you know, we have a fairly formal review process whenever we're bringing in, again, so we can explain it. Uh, But as I said, in my environment, we generally don't buy things mid-year out of the budget cycle uh, unless a partner has come forward and, again, as Greg referenced, maybe a new practice group or something has happened where they suddenly need a new resource. That is the the one exception where we will go and look at something mid-year. Uh, but generally, when we're looking at new products, we're looking at them for the following budget cycle. Yeah, yeah, and and I I agree with that. We're we're probably a little more informal than than Gene is, but then we're we're quite a bit smaller uh, headcount than than Gene is as well. Um, the, the the things that kind of pop out of nowhere usually. Uh, come through a partner that has seen it somewhere or uh, has has been uh, in, in court and shown up uh, by the <laughs> by by someone else because of because of a certain usage of a product uh, that doesn't happen very often but it, but it it does happen um, and, and there are times where you have something that let's say that. There's a format change where there's a product that we normally get in print, but all of a sudden it's available electronic, and we can expand that. Um, a, a lot of times, uh, you, or not a lot of times, but, but some of the times, you kind of have to make a command decision and, and say, you know what, it's it, this is going to be for the betterment of the firm. It's it's either uh, it either has a broader um, usage uh, potential. 
or it's cheaper uh, than what you're doing now. And um, it, there are times where if I had to go to every partner and ask for permission to do that, um, it would take you know it, it would take forever if if it would happen at all. So on that, I tend to get a, a one or two key stakeholders on it, make a make a command decision and and roll that out. Um, so that's you know that's a risk sometimes you you have to take with you know the position that you have. Yeah, got it. And then so in terms of convincing skeptical partners, it sounds like getting them on demos um, and um, and use cases, and it sounds like also kind of seeing what peer firms are doing, kind of given what you said earlier, that's that helps as well. Yeah, the one other thing I wanted to say, one type of marketing product that I've seen from one vendor that really was very powerful in convincing a partner was when vendors do, do some study or documentation to show how their product improves efficiency, I have found that to be a real attention getter. And I am surprised at how few vendors produce that kind of marketing collateral. Because you know, even if you say, okay, Maybe it's not, you know, maybe 100% of the time it's not going to produce that kind of efficiency. Firms are very much pro focused on efficiency today, and I have found that to be a very dramatic attention getter. Yeah, I'll, I'll double down on that one. Um, I've, I've heard at presentations where people offhandedly say that, that attorneys don't like efficient don't like to be efficient because it cuts into the billable hour. You know that's that's BS. Um, I mean it may happen, um, but I would say that's that's the exception and, and far from the rule. Um, attorneys want resources that help streamline the job that they're doing. Um, they do not want to uh, spend a lot of time uh, on on doing this type of work, and they don't want to be having having their associates or paralegals or other staff um, spending more time than they absolutely need to uh, doing, a, doing, a pro, uh, doing a project. So if a product can speed up that process or improve the process overall, that's, that's something that's looked on very positively. Hmm. Well, good. Very powerful and, 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 very, and good concrete advice for, for both of you, so that's very helpful. Um, we're going to open it up to um, questions now. Please type in your questions. Uh, if you have them, um, and one last question for me as we as people are doing that, um, you know, law firms are much more complex businesses than they were 20 years ago. Um, Gene, you lose this a little bit, right? Libraries used to be very focused on system of legal research. Today, really, knowledge management is about supplying information to marketing, biz dev, practice group leaders, and other things that we've talked about here. How do you how do you guys um, you know deal with that and and um, uh, you know, and think about sort of that that sort of changing nature of, of of the role. I mean, Greg, you talked a little bit about that as sort of being more the role sort of the expert and advisor, and um, and and both that's reflected also in your writing as well, being able to stay on top of new technology. But any any other thoughts on that, Greg? Do you want to start? Um, I think I kind of lost your question there, Josh. <laughs> oh, sorry. sorry. Well, I think, well, since they're much more complex businesses. Um, and you know, sort of reflect. I guess more understanding the changing role of, of knowledge management and having to um, think about many more stakeholders within the firm. Um, and um, yeah, I, I would say that you know the the biggest challenge that we have right now is that uh, there are a ton of 
of specialty products that are out there, very niche uh, markets. And, and at the same time, we, we are creating very niche practices within our practice groups and being able to advise them on, on the needs, on the products that are available, um, what works, what doesn't work, what we already have versus what's out there that um, may, may be better. Um, and, and I see that that's, you know, that's a good, that there's a void there that, uh, that knowledge services and knowledge management folks and librarians are, are filling uh, for, for that need. Uh, hopefully that answered that question, Judge. Well, and and I'd like little, to add sure. to that, like that when we, you know, because there are certain functions where often it's around business news. And I think when I have gone to other business units and said, look, let's look at, let's buy, let's buy, let's procure collaboratively, and we can actually reduce the cost by figuring out what is the best product that will suit all the needs of, you know, research, marketing, lateral partner hiring, whatever it is. And people really respond incredibly positively when you say we're we're going to help you shrink your budget. You know we're going to we're going to we're going to look at what is the best product and how do we get the best license. And that's another thing I want to add. I think we also have the best expertise in negotiating licenses and understanding how important it uh, it is to get a license that matches the workflow. You know to to make sure we're buying licenses that comply with. Um, you know, we're not going to buy uh, three licenses when we really need 20. I mean, we take that all very seriously and figure out how is the user base and what is the best way to, to structure the license. And I think pretty much there's no one else uh, in who needs those products that understands all those issues as well as we do. Good. Unfortunately, we have a few minutes. We're getting lots of good questions in. Um, and... Um, one is um, any suggestions for relatively new librarian working on a budget for the first time, things you wish you did or might have known or things to avoid, et cetera? Um, I guess the, the best thing that I can say is uh, maybe work with other departments to see how they've set their budgets up, understand what the expectations are with, and, and it sounds simple, but you know, format and presentation are hugely important uh, when you go in to, to defend your budget uh, for the year. And, and the more consistent you are with, with how the firm lays that out, uh, the better. Um, and also remember that you are looking at, at solving the needs of the firm, not necessarily just the needs of the library. And so if you're seen as being a, um, a, a part of the overall picture or machinery of the, of the budget, and you you can help explain that. And I think you're you're setting yourself up uh, for success. Okay. And the one thing I would add to that, it might not be possible during your first budget, but if your firm does not budget by practice group, I I recommend you go out and you start to collect the data so you can associate everything you buy with a practice group because that gives you much more power later on as you build up that information to be able to engage in the kind of discussions I mentioned previously. Um, okay, a lot of good questions here. So, so do small firms typically have more budgetary flexibility and what portion of budget is allocated to miscellaneous expenses that are not knowable at the time of the budget creation? 
We use last year's. We just go, I guess because we've been doing it for a couple of years, we use whatever proportion was last year. We might do a cost of living increase to that, but we we don't alter that radically from year to year. I'm not sure that answers your question, but you can email me and I'll see if I can figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So and, and, a, and a rule of thumb that I tend to use for for the library budget, and again, your mileage may vary on this, is that typically with the, the we we kind of look at the overall revenue of the firm. And anywhere between one to two percent of revenue is is generally what I've seen uh, to fit for the the library resources budget. Um, I think that may exclude uh, uh, salaries, but when it comes to resources, be, between one to two percent. If you're looking at, you know, if you're 0. 0.5, then you're probably way under. If you're 2.5, then you're way over. That's that's my rule of thumb. Okay. Um, for Gene, do you negotiate contracts or do you have a third party negotiating the contracts? And, you know, I've done both. But for the most part, um, I do them myself. And, uh, you know, I, most of the, I mean, we have hundreds of small contracts, so they would it would make no sense to bring in a consultant for every small contract. But certainly sometimes, occasionally when there have been very large um situations there's been a firm wide decision to engage a consultant so yeah same here um, good this one maybe last one who runs the tests usually for products that you're going to use and how much feedback do you seek from experienced researchers and how much do you pass that information to the partners making the decisions so a few things there I don't know if there's a piece of that uh, either of you can can take on all of it we do all of those things yeah. um, you know I was just going to say, if people don't respond, we go out. We do what I refer to as concierge. We actually sometimes seek out people and sit with them and try and get an understanding, do one-on-one -on -one conversations with people to, to get feedback. Yeah, and we have researchers that are assigned to specific practice groups. They attend the practice group meetings. They build the rapport uh, with those groups. And when it comes time to, to evaluate and test or demo new, new products or even old products, uh, those, those are my point people on, on the ground. And they, because they have those relationships there, they know or at least can ask who are the point people within the practice groups that need to be on this evaluation and, and who we need to get feedback from. Um, last one, and because um, you know, we've got a new accelerator class here of seven startup companies, um, and meeting with them in a few minutes. Uh, what recommendations do you have for new startups trying to sell your firm? And Gene, I know you had a big thought on this when we talked earlier. Know, know your competition. It really drives me crazy when someone comes with, to me with a new product and they don't know what's already in the market and they don't know what distinguishes their product from the competitor products that are already in the market. Yeah, the, um, also uh, tone, tone down the AI right now. Um, I, think <laughs> <we're>, every, <laughs> uh, I think that that's somewhat a little, little overblown. And also remember, you're, 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 you're selling me a product. I, I can't tell you the number of times where I've talked with, with new entries into the market where they're selling you the person that's developing the product and not the product. It's, it's a real odd situation 
um, you know, because we're we're not buying that person. We're we're buying whatever the product is, and we need to make sure that uh, we understand how that product fits a need within the market. Excellent. Well, um, that's very helpful. Uh, the system's going to kick us off in a minute 23. Um, closing thoughts um, from each of you, key, key recommendations uh, to our listeners to get the budget they want. Some closing thoughts? Uh, well, I would I'll say, just say – go ahead, Jane. Oh, okay. I was going to say that especially for anybody who's on the call who's, a, who's new to running a budget – I think building your own credibility as a careful steward of the firm's resources it goes a long way in helping you have credibility when you're presenting budgets year over year. So, so demonstrating to everybody at the firm, whether it's partners, whether it's finance, uh, whether it's the executive director, that you know what you're talking about and you look at what's being used and you're careful and considerate and you're getting feedback and you don't pull the plug on 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 products that partners really care about. I mean, it, it takes it takes a while, but you know, I think being very sensitive to the priorities at, uh, of your firm are are very important in building your own credibility in in presenting pro budgets Got over it. the years. Well, Greg, we're going to have to let Gene have the last word. Thank I'm you sorry. so much. That's all right. Um, this is a lot of discussion. Uh, be on the lookout for our our next Future of Law seven, and thank you very much, all of you for participating.